Hello out there, this is Pamela Fagan Hutchins, and you have found me at Wine, Women, and Writing. This is my podcast slash videocast, whichever one you're tuning in for, where I talk with other authors about their, really their characterization in their books. I love to delve into female characterization. I want to hear about complex, wounded, authentic female characters facing challenges in life and how they overcome them and where they came from. And so we're lucky to get to talk to the women, usually, that create these characters. Now, before we do that today, I do want to send you out to my website, PamelaFaganHutchins.com. There is a page, Wine, Women, and Writing, where you can go and you can look at the upcoming shows and you can view or listen to past shows. Even cooler, you can sign up for a free um, automatic distribution of the podcast to your favorite RSS device so that you get the shows and you don't even have to think about it. Just hop on the treadmill and listen, right? And if you want, if you are passionate about women in the arts and you want to support female writers, you can make a pledge to support the show, and there's a link to do that as well. And we will all love you for doing that. And we'll love it if you read our books. So while you're out there, you can check mine out. But that's not the focus of the show today. The focus of the show today instead is Amy Impelizzeri. Did I say that right? Perfect. I had Perfect. Lo- I cheated. I looked down <laughs> right at her beautiful book. For those of you that are seeing this on video, this is her new release. And um, it's called Why We Love and I looked down at her name to make sure I didn't boot it because we met in a bar last yeah, night. Yeah, we did. <laughs> true story. <laughs> very, very true story. And I may or may not have already had a couple of drinks when I met Amy. But we're at a conference. We're at BoucherCon. Yeah. And you're, it's your first BoucherCon. It's my first BoucherCon, yeah. What do you think? I love it. I, You know, it's reputation precedes it, of course. And Absolutely. Um, I couldn't wait. I couldn't wait to. I signed up basically right at the end of last year's I, I was having so much you know FOMO and then um, I just yeah it's been it's definitely lived up to its reputation all the good stuff so it's good yeah it is it's a cool convention yeah. if you ever get a chance to go it pairs up people in mystery thriller suspense um, writers uh, people in the industry with fans and of course we're all fans right yeah, that's yeah, how that's yeah. how we got to so yeah, we're for sure. walking around and people are talking to us about our books but we're scoping out everybody's yeah. name tag to yeah. I'm, so who am I going to fangirl next yeah, right exactly it's yeah. kind of exciting have it's you really been fun met anybody that you were super fired up to meet at this convention well, besides me of course yeah. in the bar last yeah, night yeah 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 <laughs> 100%. Yeah. 100%. Um, well, certainly Hank, Philippi Ryan has been, we've been um, online friends. She blurbed Why We Lie, and we've been online friends for a while, so it's been great to actually meet her in Yay, person. Yeah, and you met her yeah. in person. Well, she's, she's amazing. Yeah, she is. So you get to meet that kind of people here, yeah. and, and it's a really cool thing. And as a result, as I said, I got to meet Amy and hear more about her books, and we're going to talk about her new release in, in, uh, in a moment. But another thing that we discovered, besides that we both have similar hair color, um, <laughs> is that um, we're uh, refu- escapees from the law. Yeah, reformed litigators. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I think she liked it more than I did, at least for a little while. Yeah. What How you long litigate? have you been clean? I've been uh, clean for... Uh, Oh, boy. Ten years. <laughs> uh, it's been 15 for me. Okay, there yeah. you go. And I went and took a corporate job, you know, in-house job for a while. Interesting. So I was... You didn't make a clean break, exactly. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't. I was, like, doing yeah. the steps. Yeah. <laughs> Slow withdrawal. <laughs> exactly. But once I was gone, I yeah. was so gone. I mean, yeah. here we are at a mystery writer's yeah. conference. Could you imagine a bar event, you know, a, um, a lawyer's function? It's yeah. just... Yeah, it's a different not the, vibe. Yeah, the same. Not There's the a same. lot of purple and, and pink hair here, and, and Ernest Hemingway mustaches. 
The yeah. drinking is the same. Yes, that's true. That's true. But it's more fun drinking. It was yeah. a lot more drowning your misery drinking back then. <laughs> oh, that's so true. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Frantic, uh, you know, I'm go- this is going to kill me if I'm not drunk right. kind of drinking. Right. And, and here it's just like, life is good. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally different vibe. So he's, she she escaped from the law mm-hmm. and yeah. took a I took a sabbatical. one-year sabbatical. Um, 10 years, which I was say, 10 years ago, which I say I'm still on, basically. I really, I really, when I walked out the door, I really said, just a year, I just need a year. And um, and then here I am, 10 years later, yeah. And what a change in yeah. course. So how far into your sabbatical did you start writing? Or had you already been writing so, no, secretly? No, I hadn't mm-hmm. been. Actually, it's funny because I really did. I had always loved creative writing and then in college, but I was always professionally going to be a lawyer. And so in college, I was, you know, taking creative writing classes and philosophy of law at the same time and I was sort of you know keeping that as sort of my hobby yeah. while I was still studying to be a lawyer and then eventually I just started to think that I really couldn't do both and I boxed right. up all of the creative writing stuff literally boxed it up and put it away and it wasn't until I left the law that you know basically 20 years after I'd put it away that I kind of rediscovered my own voice so I I didn't leave the law to write necessarily write fiction. I was writing nonfiction. I was writing business journal articles, things like that. And I was doing advocacy work and I was working for a startup company and um, really just really trying to explore um, what my life was going to look like if I really was going to leave the law. And while in the midst of that, I got this idea of a story of a woman at a crossroads in her life who sort of had a um, an unwitting chance to sort of see what her life might be like if she'd made different choices. And of course, not surprisingly, that was sort of what was going on in my own right, mind. Right, right. But I ended up telling it in this in the context of a love story. And it ultimately became my first novel, you know, four years later. But yeah, <laughs> but yeah. That, that's sort of when I started writing again. And it's funny, it's like four years later, the first one takes a long time. People yeah. will say, how long does it take you to write a book? Well, the first one or number four. Right, you know, right. And the first one, it's like, oh, four or five years, yeah. yeah. And the next one, it's like you're on a, you know, you, you never got get a drop that, that luxury date. of spending years on a book again. No, yeah, I you know. deliver. <laughs> right. You deliver. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I have one I'm delivering yeah. next week. Yeah. But, and it is, it's like birth. Um, yeah. <laughs> a year of birth. Yeah. And so, then you kind of, your, your writing style morphed, or what your, your what thematically you mm-hmm. were doing, and what kind of stories you were creating. Because yeah. the first one was mostly women's fiction, right? Yeah, for sure. The first two were women's fiction, um, but definitely with suspense elements and definitely with a mystery. Both have um, very much a twist and, un- and unraveling. Um, and and I started to sort of understand, I started to really follow a lot of suspense writers and a lot of psychological suspense, and I started to sort of understand that my writing style and my sort of interests were, were heading in that direction. So by the time I wrote my third novel, it was, it was a full-on psychological suspense, and it was actually a legal thriller. Um, and then Why We Lie is a, a political thriller, so yeah. Oh, cool. Okay, so Why We Lie, has it already come out? Yeah, 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 it came out in the spring. In the spring. Mm-hmm. And so give us a little a little taste. Yeah, so it begins with a politician, it's set in D.C., and it begins with a politician who has um, just been shot, and he is... Uh, he's recovering he isn't expected to recover but he is but his wife and he received this sort of startling diagnosis in the beginning of the novel which is that he uh, his brain is overcompensating on itself and as it's healing and he's lost his filter he's lost his ability to lie and so he can no longer as a politician that is tough (laughs) you think you think in the beginning of the book oh you know the politician who can't lie this is this is the problem but 
In fact, what happens is it's not a big deal for him, it's a really big deal for his wife. And we start to oh. um, unravel uh, the story of his wife and the backstory of his wife and the sort of secrets that she holds. And there's this triangle um, between the politician Jude, his wife Abby, and then his campaign manager, Layla, who um, he has a very complicated relationship with. And we sort of, as the story unravels that relationship, and, Ab and Abby, his wife, starts to unravel that relationship at the same time that her backstory is being revealed. Um, there's a lot. There's a lot of, of intrigue and espionage, and, and there's also a really poignant, uh, I think, Me Too thread that's woven through it um, in the political legal sector. So, yeah. which is ex incredibly timely, and it's important to present that kind of real slice of life pieces in the book. Is it set contemporarily? Is it? It is. It is. And so when I was starting it, when I was just starting the concept and I just had the idea, um, it was around um, the fall of 2017 when the Me Too movement was really, um, you know, sort of coming onto the scene and developing. And I was so struck by um, how absent, conspicuously absent, um, women's voices were in the legal sector sector yeah. and having worked in I started my legal career in DC and then I spent the majority of it in New York and while the book is set in DC I always like to say like my experiences in DC were actually overwhelmingly positive right um, but when I moved to New York there were um, you know it was a very different road and I I knew when I noticed the conspicuous absence of women's voices in the legal world, I knew why. Mm -hmm. I knew why they were absent because I had been in that world. Um, and so this was really my attempt to to participate in the conversation. Yeah. Um, and so it was an idea that was already sort of forming and then it became very contemporary and very timely. It, yeah, it's, it's hard not to have yeah. um, things that have shaped us mm -hmm. having yes. come of age as we did in the law and in an area where you're fighting for other people's rights at the same time as your own are at least rounded and clipped off at the edges you know yes. at every turn you have the appearance of a voice you have the appearance of being strong and powerful but your power is constantly being robbed little bits at a time from yeah. you so it it we had a session yesterday that did you go to the one on um, unlikable characters yes yes yes, yes. and that it was, was really it was good. really good and really so good. it was about you know women in fiction but of course that's relates to women in real life and yes. how constantly um, without knowing it we we are being asked to or give up our power or even our own voice in yes. our own self much less our outward voice and so it's it's um it's something that I love seeing covered in a book. Yeah, and I always say I write fiction because I'm not brave enough to write nonfiction. So it's, <laughs> it's, it is a way to sort of really explore things that um, are that you know perhaps we're not always able and comfortable and confident enough to explore in real in exactly our real world. Yeah. exactly so we just shared earlier that we shared this background in litigation well I own a consulting company that does for the last 25 years has done harassment discrimination etc investigations one-on-one -on -one interventions etc and so quietly I've been in the background mm. on this for a very long time I still own the company mm. um, and it rocks it's called employment practices solutions I just I'm chair of the board now. I don't do the stuff. Yeah. But it's something I'm super passionate about, and I can't wait to read that oh, as a awesome. result. I was already interested, but now <laughs> you've got me. And, and it's been fascinating, too, as a woman that is 52 and has been doing this for a long time in this space, yes. to see the young women and the way that they're taking another step. You know, we look at the generation before us and all the progress they made, the work we did, 
and the bravery they're showing yes. and taking the another step, yes. you know, into bringing this where it needs to be. Yeah, and, so, and anyway. I do think that's a world that's been always a step behind in, in mm-hmm. a lot of these issues. So absolutely yeah. has, absolutely has. But I didn't come here totally <laughs> to talk about that. I just got a little excited. Um, and so your book before this one was a legal thriller. Yeah. And so do you have a desire, given your background, to do more of those? Did it get your juices going, or was it not it your thing? It did. It did, for sure. So The Truth About Thea um, is a book that was, um, in that book, it starts in Philadelphia uh, with a woman on trial in Philadelphia, which is where my first trial was 20-some years ago. Um, and the woman is accused of a high-profile crime, and she ends up using... Uh, an expert witness um, says that she is addicted to social media and she ends up trying to use that as her defense. And ultimately the judge doesn't doesn't rule on it but pushes them to plea bargain and she ends up in rehab for social media addiction. And wow. that's how the story begins and there's sort of a whole mystery that unravels there. And I, it, I always say it was really funny because when I did start writing and when I would go to book clubs and people would find out my story and they'd find out that I was a lawyer, they would say, well, why don't you write legal fiction? Why don't you write legal thrillers? And I always said, and it was true, you know, I was a corporate litigator, like mm-hmm. very not sexy stuff. Yeah. And so it wasn't really the stuff of novels. But and, and but and there but there was something in me that said, Jim, I want to I want to do something there. I want to explore something in that space. And I did a lot of expert work, and I did a lot of uh, you know expert work in the civil arena. But I started thinking about that and how interesting experts are and how pivotal they can be to cases. Um, and so I set it in the context of a criminal trial, and I started to realize that I did have something to contribute there. And I did. I loved it. I. I got, in the meantime, I got this idea for Why We Lie, and again, I, re- I really wanted to set something in D.C., and that felt very um, contemporary and timely to me. But I do want to go back and explore the legal themes again, because I do think there's a lot there. And, and even though I was resistant to it for so long, thinking nobody wants to hear about civil litigators, and they don't, um, <laughs> there are still, there's still a way to, for me to have a conversation there. And, and, you know, one of the things I think that, that can be fun for an author is you go into an area where you think you know a little bit, and then you realize that to really write about it, you have to learn a whole yes, lot more. Yes. And for somebody that's been in the type of litigation you're in to delve now into the criminal world, is it, it's it's just using something you had to springboard. Right. But there's still so much interesting stuff to so learn. So much fun stuff, yeah. It, it's, it's a fun thing. Yeah, and I used to do a little, you know, I used to do a little pro bono work in the criminal world, and I used to do a little, um, you know, just s- some dipping my feet in that world. So yeah. it's like a little bit of a springboard and I just, yeah, it's really fun. To Does it ever and... make you want to go back and do more pro bono work? Never. <laughs> that was pretty quick and clear answer. No, it doesn't make <laughs> me want to ever go back to practicing law um, because I just, uh, it, it makes me want to research it and talk to other lawyers, but mm-hmm. it definitely doesn't make me want to go back to that practice because I just know me and I know I wouldn't be able to just do a little bit of it. Yeah. You know, if I was going to go back in, I'd be all in. And it can be very consuming, as you know, even pro bono work, even, you know, taking a side case. It's just, it becomes very consuming. When you're advocating, yes. when you are somebody's advocate, you go all you're in. You're all in. You're all yeah. in. And yeah. there's no such thing really as part-time. There might be I'm going to take a break after this one. Right. But right. while you're doing it, yeah. it's all yeah. consuming. Kind of like writing. Do you yes. find that you get all consumed in writing a book and that, you know, I do, but the world I stops? Lo- I love that. That that all consuming I love. Um, so I do, yeah. I feel like for a while uh, in the beginning stages of writing, um, it's, you know, it's always there and I'm always 
thinking through my characters even when I'm not uh, writing and then you know obviously when you get closer to deadline crunch time it's like you know everyone's eating pizza and <laughs> unshowered and yeah, the forget dog to brush is your like tea. standing yeah. there like where are you gonna feed me um, <laughs> exactly. but, but there's something really special about watching that process and sort of you know seeing the, the, the process um, the book you know it, be created from beginning to end I do love that part I love the process of writing I there's really do there's this piece of it do you find this with yourself as well that you can't stop because the characters are inside you they're telling the story and they're not really willing to, for you to take a break yes. they're not willing for you to slow down you're the the funnel or you're the yeah. conduit and when you can find when you can find that stride and when you can reach that momentum it's such an exciting part of the process because mm -hmm. um, it's always preceded by the part where you're convinced that you'll never ever finish the book <laughs> and that you have never you can't believe you've ever written a word in your life so it's always <laughs> and then you remember we've done this yeah. <laughs> we've done this before and this is what will come next and, and then after that this. you have the feeling of and it all sucked <laughs> anyway and I shouldn't be doing this and then you have a moment where you think oh it's beautiful yeah. and it's followed it's just roller coaster yes, of emotions yes, yes. but it's fun it we can't is fun. help it, it is fun there, it is fun there are so many lawyers in the mystery suspense thriller field that are escapees like we are yes it's isn't so, that interesting it is fun to yeah. meet kindred spirits it's one thing to meet another lawyer but another lawyer that has left the practice of law and to be in creative writing is a totally different creature, um, although there are a lot of them out there. There are, and it's funny because I used to think that. I used to think that it was so odd that I had left the law and that I was suddenly wanting to explore this creative side. And then um, I did come to realize that the law actually really attracts a lot of creative people and mm -hmm. then stifles that creativity. Exactly. I used to work in, uh, most of my practice was in Manhattan, and I worked in the same building as um, the Condé Nast, uh, you know, the Vogue offices. And I always think about how I would walk in and every morning and the seas would part and like half the people would be going you know the beautiful people would be going to, <laughs> to the Vogue offices and the other people would be going you know towards the law offices and I would you know be walking with the lawyers thinking I want to go there. I want to go beautiful there. people are going and um and so I have learned there's so many lawyers I've left the law to really explore their creativity it is a very uh, it is a field that attracts a lot of really creative people without an outlet to express that. So it's it, been very fun to learn. It feels like it's going to be creative. You do have to use yeah. your mind creatively, but then the rules are so rigid. And as far as writing goes, I mean, we write our you know fingers off right. as um, lawyers, but it's not fulfilling writing. It's not in your own voice. It's not. No, I in fact, I was a professional writer dun, for so dun, dun. long and not and never in my own voice. And mm -hmm. and. And I talked to so many lawyers. I actually wrote a book for the for the bar association called Lawyer Interrupted, which is not a memoir, but it's really um, it's like a synthesis of interviews with a lot of people who have left the law for different yeah. reasons, who are using their law degree. It's really about the versatility of the law degree. So right. using their law degree in other ways. And um, so I do a lot of CLE conferences and I do a lot of bar conferences and I talk to a lot of lawyers who want to write who want to write fiction. And we talk a lot about how it's not a, it's not a direct translation like there's mm -hmm. work to be done and I had to learn that there's work to be done to transition over from constant you are a professional writer for sure but writing in someone else's voice to really finding your own voice and learning that and and learning the you know the craft of fiction writing um, and that's a hard message for it for them to hear yeah. because you've done all this writing yeah. and you have become very good at what yes. you have, what you do and to be told you kind of really need to start over and there yeah. aren't going to be a lot of shortcuts. Yeah. You have some advantages, but you still may need a million words before you find your voice. Correct. And your first 5 million 
just don't count very yeah. much. It's it's hard to hear. Very hard to hear. Hard to hear. Yeah. yeah. It's but lawyers are, you know, persistent and that's hardworking. Very and, much. You know, so they can they can usually We overcame. We overcame. Yes. <laughs> we did it. We did it. Well, you guys, this has been so much fun for me to get to meet Amy when we aren't drinking in a bar. <laughs> and, See you later. Yeah, exactly. It opens at two. What time okay. is it now? Okay. Um, but uh, I hope it's been fun for you as well. And so the book that's currently out is called well the new release, they're all out, but is Why We Lie by Amy and Pella. And I am cheating again to make sure I don't screw that up. <laughs> Perfect. And so you go out and um, take a look at it. Now, I always have to say this. It's boring, but here we go. This has been a solely owned and copyrighted production of Authors on the Air Global Radio Network and the wonderful producer, Pam Spa- Stack. Not Spack. I'm sorry, Pam. <laughs> Pam Stack. See, I, I was drinking last night. And, um, and it, is, it is with the biggest heart of gratitude that I say thank you Pam for all you do for authors and for making these conversations possible that we can share with readers out there and help them discover their next great book and if you want to subscribe to the podcast or if you'd like to um, sponsor it in any way it is PamelaFaganHutchins.com go to the Wine Women and Writing page and while you're there check out the upcoming shows and get those books and read them this is so much more fun when you've read the book and you're like oh my gosh I'm so glad she told me that yeah awesome so thanks for thank you and chatting. Thank you so much. This has been awesome. Bye, everybody.